welcome you today to a special edition of Marketing Revelations. We are joined by Christian Ward, Chief Data Officer of Yext, and uh, uh, been a personal friend of mine for years now. Yes. Got to know each other in our, in our industry, and uh, we're going to be talking about three specific things that small business owners aren't thinking about but probably should. So, Christian, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into this particular industry? Oh, wow. Long story. But um, uh, I've been in data probably since I was about 23. Uh, I started my first structured data company when I saw a real need in financial services. Um, and that actually just put me on this path. I have not left since. My entire career has really been helping people tell stories with data. And uh, I do that for EX today, but a lot of what I do uh, generally is trying to uncover what are the stories happening for businesses, uh, business owners? How do we convey that? But then, no, how do we use data? Because right. almost every platform out there that is going to uncover something interesting, you, if you don't feed it data, it doesn't really know where to get started. The pace of change is what keeps me interested in this, in this business. Uh, we got to be a part of the evolution of the mobile device while we were also in this, this opportunity of fast-paced change. What's one thing going into 2020 that maybe you wish you would have known uh, back in uh, 2000 or even uh, 2010? Hmm. Um, so I would say if I think back to 2010, uh, actually even before that, I was amazed early on at how fast um, speech to text worked. Mm -hmm. uh, so just the actually grabbing of the phonetic sounds and converting it to speech. And that's got be better and better. But the thing I am so excited about that uh, I, I see my children definitely leading me on is how easily um, children are now uh, speaking to devices and the devices are understanding them. Um, I have a five-year-old son. I have two older daughters as well. But the five-year-old son, you know, he's still says things that are not, you know, uh, 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 lexicon and grammatically <laughs> correct. And, and the devices understand him. Uh, and I think that's just an amazing opportunity. I, I, I don't know if you remember. I remember uh, when my daughters were young, they would walk up to the television, which was just on a credenza in our apartment, and they'd swipe the TV yeah. and pinch the TV because they had finally, they had first seen an iPad. They were iPad kids. It was the first time an iPad came out. And so uh, I'm always amazed at how fast adoption occurs in the young. Uh, and I think we can take a lot from it. I think we learn from them on, you know, maybe what, if you want to know what your car in the future is going to be able to do, consider how a child interacts with a voice assistant and the trusting nature of the relationship. Um, I think you're going to, you can transpose those to what those people will expect in 10 years when they're driving. Um, so that's that's one area I definitely focus. I, I love what you're talking about there. When I have three daughters, um, and the way that they interact with the, the voice device in our home, whether it's Google Home or Alexa, the thing that keeps me up at night thinking about this this next generation and the opportunity for small businesses is we know based on the data how many searches and the percentage of searches on uh, the phone on Google's search are lo with local intent. Yes. The amazing horizon of opportunity is voice search uh, localized. Yes. And my 10-year-old daughter, she has a conversation with Alexa about products and services that she's interested in right. and knows that she doesn't even need to say in Mount Vernon, Ohio. That's right. Because the device knows where she's at. Yes. 
So amazing opportunity. So let's focus in on, for our, our listeners and those that are watching, uh, the three things that most business owners aren't thinking about but heading into this new decade really need to think about. So give us your number one. Uh, so the first one I don't think is uh, necessarily new. Um, I think uh, what I see most business owners not really understanding or grasping uh, is the absolute unique nature of their own story. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, I, I love having dinner with entrepreneurs and uh, people thinking about starting businesses, um, uh, having started small businesses two and three times over myself. Um, it's sometimes really hard to take a step back from what you're doing. And oftentimes it happens, you know, at a nice dinner over a glass of wine, they tell you the real story and they tell you what really worked. And that's nowhere on their webpage. Right. That's nowhere in their marketing. And it's kind of interesting. Um, I recommend to a lot of people, and maybe people would uh, love to try this. There's a website called answerthepublic.com. And I think you can do one or two queries for free on a daily basis. But it's this neat idea where you just type in your brand. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, for example, on the flight up uh, here today, I uh, typed in, there's a place at the Jersey Shore uh, called Tommy's. And it's famous. It's been there forever. It's right on the water. So um, Tommy's is about to get a lot of free publicity. <laughs> you just feel this coming. Well, they already get it from me. So <laughs> yeah. I think Tommy's wings are probably the best wings. And I'm not even... Uh, I bring people from New York City to try Tommy's Wings right. um, because it's that good. Um, but when I go out to the internet and I go to answerthepublic.com and I asked Tommy's uh, Barbecue or Tommy's Wings, whatever, what, what the, the, the system brings back is nobody knows what Tommy's restaurant's name really is. Mm -hmm. it, the number of questions of Tommy's Restaurants, Tommy's Tavern, Tommy's Ale House, Tommy's on the River, Tommy's... No one actually knows, and that's absolutely fascinating because it means that the story of even just their brand isn't properly being told in enough places on their website and structured data. Um, so the, a big opportunity is focusing on things that people passionately love your business mm -hmm. uh, for, so the wings or whatever it may be. Um, like uh, one other example is just my daughter goes to a um, uh, like a strength training place where they have also indoor lacrosse and everything else. It's called Invictus. Brilliant. Great business model. I love the team. They're very, very good. They have all this memorabilia of the of the Olympic team members that are the coaches there. I can't find half that stuff on the internet. And it's amazing. They have Olympic lacrosse players playing and teaching your kid, and yet it's not known to Google. Yeah. This is the this is the part. You gotta find your story, focus on it, and then think of it. How do I work with a marketing agency or whomever to structure that data to get that information out there? This, the subject and the contextual uh, search that people are, are utilizing with, with voice search or even still online um, is an opportunity to influence your next customer. Yes. And when I think about one of the conversations that I have with, with small business owners, they really struggle to narrate that yes. or, or pull that out. And we started with, you know, the Simon Sinek start with why. Yes. You know, why are you doing this? And then great marketing influences that, that local consumer to buy into your story. And yes. people want to do business, do business with business owners <clears throat> that they personally connect with the story. So start with that story. Learn how to narrate that story. Absolutely. Get all of your employees talking about that story because that why is so powerful. Yes. So that's number one. Yep. Give us number two. Uh, number two that um, I am <clears throat> absolutely fascinated about <clears throat> because I think the uh, the search engine optimization, the SEO community uh, talks a little bit about, but I'm kind of amazed they're not talking more about is um, 
Everyone's seen at this point, when you do a search, there's this box that pops up, people also ask, uh, and it moves around depending on whatever the search is. Um, so whether it's local and there's a map pack, it may show up. But what we're finding is this box is showing up on nine out of 10 searches. Now, if you haven't tried it, what it does is it takes little snippets of answers. So if I ask, um, how are Tommy's wings, Seabright, New Jersey, um, it will say, you know, people also ask, does Tommy's take reservations? Is this? I am amazed at how many of those answers don't come from the business. Yes. Um, and not just small business, big brands, they're not winning this. And the fascinating thing I just want to really get across here is Google is the number one search experience company in the world. They have more data than anyone. They can update the UX instantaneously. They're testing all the time. When you open a people also ask box, it, what does it do? It adds two more questions. And then you open that one and it adds two or three more yeah. questions. And those questions are dynamic. What you expand upon affects what opens up below. So what is Google, the world's number one search experience company telling us? They're saying we would rather as Google infinitely answer questions because it never stops than show organic or other search results. Right. They're basically saying, Google is saying, if you don't help us answer the question, we, we, we're going to get the answer from someone else. And I, I think that's a big opportunity, and it ties pretty well into, into point number one. I, I love what you're saying there because it's, it's been a struggle of ours in this industry authentically trying to help the business owner understand that they've got to understand their, their consumer better. And the questions that the consumer is asking is a great place to start, yep. and it's right in front of us it's, on the yeah. search panel. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely obvious, and what's, what's, what's kind of neat about it is it uncovers things that I think a lot of brands, especially small businesses, aren't thinking about. Right. Um, where, for example, um, the town I live in, uh, actually in New Jersey, um, there's not a lot of parking, there's not a lot of street parking. And so um, oftentimes, if you even just want to go pick up laundry at the laundromat, the local laundromat, there isn't parking and people ask that question of Google, not is there parking right now, that's coming, right. but more just where do I park? And company, small businesses could really answer that, they just don't. And so by looking at those people also ask boxes and go ahead and click your brand, infinitely expose it, then work with whoever runs your marketing to think about what's our content strategy yeah. to answer these. And quite frankly, if you really wanna do it right in Google, you have to structure the data in those answers so Google knows uh, what you're actually answering. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a small business owner today and, and I'm listening and I say, wow, I really feel right now like I'm behind. Um, what is something that I can do to start? Just start thinking about how are my consumers thinking about me or what are the things they're typing into Google that I need to be aware of so that I can start answering these questions? Yeah, look, I think... Um, uh, similar to any narcissistic person, people Google themselves. You should Google yourself. You should yeah. start there. Um, Google your business. Google your business, your products, but then start to um, literally just copy and put them in a spreadsheet. Uh, if you don't have any you know, uh, serious uh, uh, tools available, just write down what are the other questions mm -hmm. that are there. Start with that and you'll start to see some patterns emerge. Um, one, when you start asking people about your location or your store or the business you're in, you'll see if are they asking about competitors? Um, are they asking uh, like this product versus that or this haircut versus this salon? Um, all of those things are really important. They start to give you, remember I said earlier, dialogue, marketing, one-way right. dialogue becoming a two-way. Google's giving you by seeing what other people are typing in near or tangential to your yeah. business. They're helping you understand what people are asking. That's the first way to start listening. 
From there, I highly recommend people start thinking about how can I frame my unique story, bullet one, to answer these questions in, in a particular yeah. way. And for example, in my town, anyone would be wise to make fun of the parking situation in their content strategy because right. it'll get picked up, but use it in your own voice in that unique story voice that you have. And the importance of that is you're, you're structuring the answer to the questions that then people are now, they're not typing in, yes. they're speaking. Yes. And yeah. it's a lot easier for us to contextually ask a question to these devices. Yeah. My, my, my kids, they, they simply just say, Alexa, how do I? Yes. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm fascinated by the opportunity that the small business and the local business has to be the answer to their question. Yes. Because yeah. proximity still matters. You know, I always like to ask audiences when we're speaking about these topics, you know, how many people think in the next five years we're going to talk more to computers directly or less? Right. No one ever says less. We know where we're headed, but getting your story ready for that, you first have to start breaking down what are those unique attributes. You almost have to think in an, at an atomic level, yep. you know, um, little pieces of information that when strung together can really have an amazing experience to a question asked. And we, we hear a lot of, of great um, analysis about what we think the future is going to be like with connected devices, with the Internet of Things. But I think as consumers, we're really starting to get into the adop ad adoption process now. I just got a, a, a brand new Dodge. Mm. Dodge has Uconnect. Okay. Uconnect. Is that has, their version of that's, yeah, yeah. And it's it has apps. It's connected to my phone, and and then the voice automation is now uh, available for the passenger, well, not wow. just the, the driver, yeah. which is intelligent yeah. to think about yep. that those questions and those queries that we're thinking of and the ability to abstract answers. For a small business, just simply have the strategy of start being the answer. Yes. Right? Yeah, and look, I, I think most small business owners begin their business because they saw there was a need. Yeah. Um, it, it's just rephrasing that, which is they saw a question that needed to be answered but they kind of sometimes forget that that is still the way all of this works. Mm -hmm. And as to the future, look, <clears throat> I think we're at a very interesting point right now where um, I, I think you know I'm something of a privacy wonk. I use the Brave browser, you know, I, I use DuckDuckGo. I, <clears throat> I like maintaining what different devices know about um, different amounts of information. At the same time, um, tracking and ads following us around, that's a question that's starting to get answered in both tech and law. Um, what I think is going to happen is people are going to start to trust certain devices like their car. They've made a major investment. They're okay with that particular device, understanding the context of them personally. Um, what that means to a business owner is you have to have your answers in a way that those machines mm -hmm. can understand and relate them to Christian Ward on the way to work is a different person than Christian Ward at home on a Saturday with his kids. It's one of those things where I think the facts are going to drive it. It's not not that not that a broad content strategy isn't good saying here's a 1500 word article on how we do our wings. I get that. That's a classic content yeah. strategy and that is important, but it's very different. That's never going to answer the question in Google or on Amazon because it's too long, it's super bloated, it's not the right thing. It's got to be structured to say these are our three top products, here's what they cost, here's their availability. That sort of structure is necessary for these AIs to really give that great experience. And the customers that we work with that really enjoy working with RevLocal understand this isn't something they could do on their own. <laughs> My statement would be, it's really hard. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's getting harder. It's one of those of, 
we've all kind of hoped the machines could do it. Like I could just post stuff and spin up a WordPress blog on my own. That's really not, it's not enough. So absolutely. But also I, I think one of the big things for most businesses, it's not a matter of could you do it? You might be smart technically to do yeah. it. It's your time yeah. that you'll never be able to maintain that efficiency. I don't do my own accounting. I don't play one on TV. I literally pay someone to do it because right. I just don't have time to keep up with the tax codes. If you think tax codes evolve fast, holy cow, take a look at schema.org right. and the amount of changes in structured data that are going on. You have to be doing that 100% of your time as a professional in order to really maximize those strategies. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's beyond the, hey, I'll just do this Saturday night sort of scenario for most of us small business owners. I'm an accountant, my wife's an accountant, and we do not do our own taxes. So. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, number three, take us out. What's the, the third the, thing? The last one uh, I will say that I think is important, it really ties to the first two, is just investing in your brand. Uh, one of the ma- most amazing things about local or having that voice and having an answer for the people around you is um, it's not really about just one strategy. It's about having a holistic presence of brand and investing in that brand to make sure that no matter where someone looks, they are getting the correct answer and that that answer comes from you. You know, at Yaks, that's very important to us. We believe that you as the business owner, you need to be the one providing the answer. I don't want to see 10 other people in that people also ask box giving answers that quite frankly are not you. I I want you to answer those questions. And that really can only happen um, when brands decide or businesses decide, I'm going to invest in this. It's important enough to me to start a dialogue and to prevent people from jumping in and stealing your thunder when a question is really being asked to you. Let's break this down real quick. When you say branding and brand, what do you mean by that? And how does the small business take what you're saying and actually apply it so that they get the value of this long term? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good question. I, and I will not profess to be a brand expert. So, um, uh, but I think it, it kind of ties in a couple of different ways. Number one, brand is about awareness. Mm-hmm. At the, at the, if we were to do like concentric circles, it's sort of awareness that you even exist. That in a large extent is just step one. Are you investing to make sure that your presence is completely known and, and available, right? Because um, a lot of businesses don't do that. The way that we talk about that is if you go back 40 years and you wanted to start a small business, right. it was all about location, location, yes. location. You yes. had to be on Main Street. Right. right. Well, that's still the same, but Main Street's in a digital world. That's right. It's in a map. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I laugh. Um, you know, I, I show my kids what a map of Disney World was back in the 70s when I first went. And they're like, are you kidding me? And then we look at the app where it has the wait times and everything else and you can book it. It's incredible. Like yeah. they, they can't even think this way. They're like, how did you even survive? Um, so yes, I think presence is getting on the map, but also just in general in your community, people being aware of who you are. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of businesses do a good job with an initial splash when they launch. They have a grand opening or yeah. whatever it may be, free pizza for a day, I don't know, but it's, that's not enough. It's got to have this reverb effect uh, so that you continue to build that circle. Um, from there, you start to get into actual transactional, where mm-hmm. people start to transact with the brand and they have an understanding. And that's where things like reviews and other things start to kick in. Um, but honestly, at the core of brand, I see trust. Trust is really the whole thing. Like, you know, trust isn't a fad, okay? No. It is the essence of every good business model. And so, you have to have the awareness, you have to have the ability to really transact and engage, but at, at its core, 
Building a brand is about building trust yep. in a two-directional dialogue between every customer and your business. I share with our employees, because we're service-oriented and we provide a relationship with our customers, that we're in the business of acquiring trust. Yes. That absolutely. is primary. And with a, a small business and a, a community, you have the opportunity to create brand ambassadors with every transaction, the face-to-face -face ones, the ones online, and when they have a positive experience and they understand, coming back to your number one point, your story and your why, Yes. if you can get your customers locally, if you can get your customers online to start to tell your story yes. for you, yes. that is a gold mine. Yes. And look, fundamentally, we've had a lot of conversations yeah. on how important I think storytelling is. But stories are the only universal human trait. Every human tells stories. Everyone loves to share them. It's really how we learn. It's how we um, engage and understand things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is the essence of not only sort of your story, how do you get your story out there, and then investing in that story on an ongoing yeah. basis. Well, Christian, thank you. Those are three really practical things that you can think about, start to implement into your business. And as you're planning on uh, you know, how to create sustainability and grow your business, how to, how to improve certain aspects of it. I really think that these three things uh, are things that you need to be thinking about. And uh, find a partner to help you. Find people around you that are going to help you to, to get to the place because this isn't going to slow down. No. I, tell, I tell people I've put all of my eggs in the basket that the Internet is not going to die. <laughs> and if the Internet dies, okay, then, you know. But I still believe we're at the start of this revolution that is, is going to change human behavior and you know i remember when google came up with the auto suggest yes I'm like this yeah. is this is transactionally fundamentally going to shift how search happens and it seems like that every week we run into something brand new something so new. last word for the small business what can they do you know uh to make it to 2021 wow uh well I don't know enough about the individual business you're in, but I would say the common universal theme is um, make sure you're getting your story out there. Make sure yeah. it's unique. Focus on what people are asking about you and ensure that you're working to invest in that brand. I'm Aaron Boggs, president of RevLocal, Christian Ward, chief data officer at Yext, and we hope that you found value in our podcast and our conversation today. Thank you. Thank you.